We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, there it is. And, well, thank you, Brad, for the news. And thank you, CBS, for the news. And thank you for being here. This is Johnny Rabbit. We are at your service. We're on KMOX AM 1120. Thanks a heck of a lot for being here in this this day was kind of a gloomy day, but no ice, no snow. No, you know, we're going to talk a lot about riverboats right now with Mr. Riverboat himself, Tom Dunn. I'm just looking at your book of the Admiral, Glorious Mississippi Excursions, a history. When would that, that, Tom, when did that come out? It came out now about three years ago, and it kind of gives a complete history of the the boat uh, going back to the family which uh, built the boat and which was on the river for decades and... Uh, it was a kind of the culmination of all the boats that they had built, all the old wooden gingerbread oh, boats. Sure. And, and it all evolved into uh, what we know as the Admiral. Yep, the Admiral. What it, uh, it, well, obviously it's gone, but a lot of people, there are uh, three boats that people ask me about that either weren't here when they came to their end or they've forgotten what happened. Uh, the Admiral, the President, and the Goldenrod. So what happened to the Admiral itself, the physical boat? The the physical boat uh, uh, went from an excursion boat to a casino, and then when the casinos moved off the river, uh, they uh, uh, decided to scrap the boat. Wasn't there one time that Six Flags was involved? Or? Oh, that's right. Six Two. Flags had it for several years. They had uh, they took the excursion boat, and they projected that it would take about $6 million to make it an entertainment center. Mm-hmm. And they had some cost overruns, and the end result, the boat ended up costing them $36 million. Oh, my goodness sakes. And so the, when they finally opened up uh, with that kind of debt, they could not make it. So after a year, uh, Six Flags uh, had to give it up as mm-hmm. an entertainment center. And then John Conley out of Pittsburgh came along, and he tried it for another season, put in another several million of his own money into it. And as an entertainment uh it just didn't go. People, when they went on the Admiral, especially St. Louis, they expected to cruise. They so in these days, it didn't cruise. It did not cruise. It was completely dockside. The last cruise on the Admiral was 44 years ago hmm. in the fall of 78. And, uh, and, and after that, uh, we had to save the Admiral campaign and sure. so on. It, was, it gets really involved. It, it did, I and mean, it was worth saving, of course. I mean, it was a magnificent vessel. It had been down there since, what, 1940? Right, 1940 was the first season, and uh, it, uh, you know, went through all the war years, and then during the 60s and the 70s, it uh, it uh, was, remained popular. I think of the dances that were on it, right? and, and the bands. Oh, right. We uh, Of course, everybody in recent years, later years, was Bob Cuban. Sure. And uh, the dance floor was... 
12,000 square feet. You could easily have 2,000 people dancing, and they did. Uh, the Admiral would sell out every Friday and Saturday nights with 4,000, and we averaged about 1,200 during the day. But music was a major part of the uh, popularity of the Admiral, and that was true of all the Streckfist boats through all the decades. They, music was a major factor. I'm just looking at uh, a little article that is print is a little too small for me to read. Other than I can see, are you missing those deluxe steamer dances on the JS? The JS was here in St. Louis uh, along with another sister ship, the St. Paul. And uh, the JS was named after the founder of the company, John Streckfuss. Sure. And uh, they always had a saying that the JS was for the uh, carriage trade and the St. Paul was for the cattle trade because <laughs> they had all the debutante parties and everything uh, on the JS. And then, uh, and of course, both boats were very popular. And they would uh, they, they carried about 2,000 passengers themselves. So did they take the same route up and down the river that the right. Admiral did? Right. Well, they they could go north at, at that time because uh, uh, the Lock and Dam 26 was not there. And, uh, and, uh, and so they went north. The theory being that it uh, in St. Louis it gets very hot, so if you go north, and then when you turn around to come back in the afternoon, you have all these southerly breezes to keep you cool. Oh, and uh, oh, so, so that was the, you know, the uh, the reason. The, those two boats mostly went north. The Admiral could, could just barely, if it, most times couldn't, get under Eads Bridge, so it went south, mm-hmm. down all the way down to Jefferson Barracks Bridge. Water is pretty low these days. It is. Uh, you hear a lot about that, but that's most of that's down in around Memphis and so on, where the Ohio River is low, and the in the Mississippi uh, is is low also. Sixty uh, percent of the water that comes to, through St. Louis is Missouri River water, and the forty uh, percent is north from mm-hmm. you know northern um, upper Mississippi, and um, so it, it's low. But we've it not. But in St. Louis, it hasn't really been that bad uh, as compared to further south. Now, we get into the winter, mm. uh, those rivers up there will start freezing up, and then uh, the river will drop here, and it could it could get fairly low. Now, we didn't get to the end of the Admiral's life. What, oh. happened, at, what <laughs> happened at the very end? Where, where the did very it go? end, the boat was uh, uh, taken downriver to the lower uh, marine operations down there, and it was dismantled, scrapped. Uh, it... Uh, it, uh, in other words, uh, when you think of the hull of the boat alone, it was, uh, you know, 390 feet long and 85 feet wide. It was, it was a lot of steel there. So that, that but, uh, but there was no other use you could, uh, the boat, it was just too big. It was many times it was too big for most things. And, uh, if somebody had an idea, let's do this on the riverfront. They said, well, that boat's just too damn big. It was big. Right. And uh, that that uh, hull wasn't that from the Albatross, an old railroad you ferry do, boat. You do know your history. Yeah. That's right. Uh, the Albatross was uh, built in 1907. It had a sister ship called the Pelican, and it was a railroad ferry boat at Vicksburg. And uh, the river was very wide there, and so it would transport railroad, the locomotives and freight, back and forth uh, all day long, every day. Uh, and up until around 1933, Vicksburg finally built a railroad bridge. Oh, and yeah, uh, that so the, that, that railroad transfer boat, uh, which was named the Albatross, uh, was uh, retired. And Streckfish, seeing this monster boat for railroad transfer, thought, 
this is the ideal foundation to build my excursion boat, the Admiral. And so he brought that, bought the boat, brought it up to St. Louis, and right there at Laclede's Landing, they, uh, over a period of years, they, it took about three years to build the boat. Uh, of course, remember, this is the Depression, too. Sure, These are hard times. Yeah. And uh, so it took a while for them to build. In fact, in 1936, uh, here in St. Louis, uh, we had a heat wave. And uh, it was so bad that uh, St. Louis, there's so much brick and, and so on. This is Keep in mind, this is days before air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Over 400 people died in the city of St. Louis due to uh, heat exposure. Wow. So that's when the Streckfist brothers said, well, when we were building this boat, let's put air conditioning on it. <laughs> so idea. the Admiral was the first riverboat to have air conditioning. Wow. And, it, and to find an air conditioning unit the size for the size of the ballroom, uh, they went to the carrier folks who actually invented the first air conditioner, and they decided on the same air conditioning unit for the Queen Mary. My goodness, so, that's amazing. Uh, and, it, and it needed wow. it, too, in that oh, big God. ballroom. Sure. Uh, and it was uh, it, it could get down to 65 degrees in there on a 90-degree <laughs> day. It was it really worked well. And then those, if you're up in the upper deck, you had those river breezes oh, coming sure. along. Right. That and, was nice. Of course, a lot of people like to get on the upper deck and see the sights anyway. Right? And uh, it was a different atmosphere, daytime and, and nighttime. More families, daytime, and all right. those games in the arcade. And Dance all. schools. And, sure. and, uh, and, it, 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 and you're right. It was primarily more of a family-oriented thing. And then... In the evening was young people dating, and uh, people love to dance. So don't look for the Admiral, because you're not going to find any of it anywhere that I know of. As well, far it as might few... be on a bumper on a car or something, <laughs> or <laughs> recycled steel. <laughs> but... There are a couple of replicas around of, you know, of models of the Admiral. Oh, absolutely, yes. very nice. So, and it was totally different in looks than really any other river vessel at that time. It very, well, the president, when did that start in 33? Exactly. Uh, uh, when you think of the old boats with all the gingerbread and all mm-hmm. wood, uh, the president, the Streckfist brothers, uh, they uh, uh, built this boat on a steel hull, and they used to advertise it as all steel like a skyscraper. Hmm. All the steel work and everything, all the work work in there, was, it was uh, steel, and um, and it was Art Deco streamlined Type design, trying to get away from the old gingerbread. Sure, look. and it did, and I'm... it did, and the boat uh, was licensed to carry three thousand passengers, and it was so popular uh, in the thirties uh, that Streckfish thought, well, we need to build a bigger one, and they had two boats in New Orleans that they were going to retire, so they took the president in New Orleans, and the and then they, they built the Admiral for St. Louis, and. Uh, so uh, it it uh, they the admiral was not was stepped away from the Art Deco into what they call Art Modern. Mm-hmm. Remember the streetcars, how they were all oh, sure. rounded yes, here, yeah. and the railroad. That was kind of the, the 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 architectural fad of the time. So the admiral took on that Jules Verne kind of look. Uh, it. Uh, it it was, you know, really unique and different. We're going to come back and talk more with Tom Dunn about the river, about the, the president and other vessels that were and are on our riverfront. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service on KMOX. That's us. And we're, this is Johnny Rabbit, incidentally, Tom Dunn from the river. Well, you're not on the river technically anymore, are you? I mean, you go down there to look, I'm sure. I go down there every once in a while, but I'm, I retired about three years ago now. How long were you in the river business? Uh, I started with Streckfist steamers, uh, which operated the Admiral uh, 
Uh, I was down there about 45 years. And, of course, oh. the riverfront went through a lot of transitions. Oh, a lot of boats came and gone. But well, we were talking before about the president, about the Admiral Maisie Krebs was a designer involved in both of those, I believe. Right. From she, South St. Louis. South St. Louis, and she was uh, uh, an artist and designer, and uh, I think she was a Washington University graduate. And, and she worked for Famous Bar She worked as for well. Famous Bar, and she, I think she went up to Chicago for a while and then came back. And uh, so all the interior design of the president uh, uh, was uh, was so uh, well accepted. Everything else was really recognized. Uh, it's really a unique uh, setting that they did the same on the uh, Admiral. She was also mm-hmm. involved with the Admiral's interior design. Well, we know where the Admiral isn't because it isn't. But do we know where the president is? Because in a way, it is. It is. Uh, it's a funny story. A man came in uh, came in my office one time, and he said he he had just purchased the uh, the uh, president, and the president had uh, recently been a casino, and uh, it was like like a lot of casinos that went uh, up in the city and got away from the river. So the president was available, and it was sitting kind of in mothballs down uh, near uh, Memphis. And a man came to my office said he had bought the boat. And I said, I said, really? I said, what, what are you going to do with it? He said, I'm going to take it to Effingham, Illinois. <laughs> and I, I thought somebody was pulling my leg. I, I would said, think so, yeah. I said, I don't know a river that's in Effingham. And he said, what was I, I'm I'm not going to take it. I'm, what I'm going to do is uh, cut it up and take it piece by piece to Effingham and put it in this lake and make it an uh, entertainment center. And I, I thought the man was really, yeah. Uh, so, I can imagine what you thought. <laughs> and so, um, and I first of all, I said, "Are we talking about the same boat? This is a block long, five stories high, you know." Uh, and so, to make a long story short, they, uh, in fact, one of his ideas was to cut it up and take it piece by piece by helicopter, which was uh, oh my goodness bizarre. But uh, he had ended up cutting up, taking the boat up to Alton and cutting it up and putting it on truckloads, and for weeks and weeks took it up to Effingham with the intention of welding it all back together. And uh, uh, so meanwhile, he spread it out onto this field, and it just sat there. And the the city in Effingham, not knowing what was originally planned, had an interest in it initially, but then when they saw what, no, this won't work. Uh, there's no way you can put this boat back together. So is it these pieces? Are they there? They're still there. I, uh, they, they're uh, the gentleman who uh, made all these arrangements. He has it in, uh, in a field uh, next to his company there in Effingham. So the pilot house is there. The smokestack's over here. The <laughs> steam engines are over there and so on. And it's just kind of spread out. And uh, there's... Uh, you know, there's there's actually no plans for it. I guess if somebody wanted a pilot house, they could, or wanted oh, a sure. smokestack, yeah, <laughs> they right. could probably buy it from them. Oh, what a weird story. It is. It's a shame because it, it was a spectacular boat. Yes, it sure was. And I see we have here a, a booklet that you published about the president that came out, what, once? This- right. It came out. That one there, I believe, came out in 1933, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think and, so. And... Uh, Breakfast put out a little magazine every year. We did that in the office in the wintertime, and we would call up all our suppliers and gently ask them, don't you, wouldn't you like to advertise in our publication? I and see. A little arm twisting. Of course. Uh, and, of course, they were very generous, and they did. And so we published each year about 6,000 of them, and we uh-huh. would mail them out to our customers and also to all the 
doctor's offices in, in the city. People be sitting there and, sure. and look at it. But well, the, they're, they're fascinating books. They're wonderful, wonderful well, to look at now. Right. They, oh, they, Streckfist was putting out that since uh, 1913. So uh, there's there's many people who uh, have a full collection, which is kind of a, if you're kind of a collector, that's yeah, this, uh, this would be good to have this a full be good, collection. Each issue has relates to whatever was going on in that year in that part of, be it Pittsburgh or New Orleans or St. Paul and so on, and uh, they're they're interesting. And of course, the ads in the in the publication uh, are always interesting. How how uh, advertising has changed through the years. and uh, mm-hmm. Here's a full-page ad of Streckfast Steamer. It says, to make our service complete in its appeal to taste of refinement, we serve deluxe ice cream. <laughs> Whatever, whoever, I don't know who made deluxe ice cream. I don't know, but I'm sure they sold a lot of it but if they, they bought did. a full-page ad. <laughs> Exclusively on the Steamer President, Steamer JS, and Steamer St. Paul, a favorite in St. Louis for fine flavor, fine texture. Gosh, uh, well, what about the Delta Queen? Where is is it, that's still around? Isn't it? It's uh, it's it's one. It's still around. It's in one piece. It's down in New Orleans, and for the last ten or or probably fifteen years, uh, it has been sitting in mothballs with the hope that somebody would, uh, uh, you know, refurbish the boat. That uh, needs new boilers. It, mm-hmm. uh, the Coast Guard requirements have changed. Uh, uh, the superstructure uh, has a lot of wood in it; it has to be replaced with steel, and so on. And so, there's been a group that's been trying to save the boat all this time. And uh, meanwhile, it's just been sitting in a, a slough down in uh, outside of New Orleans, and the weather and everything else. Even the hurricanes recently took took the roof off of it. Uh, it's really. It's a kind of a hopeless cause. I hate to say, say that because it was a wonderful boat, but yeah. uh, it's beyond saving. But there's a real dedicated group that still wants to uh, put it back together if they can. Well, like some boats, their time is done. Our time is done, too, Tom Dunn, and we have to move on. And you go take a look down at the river, see if you find any boats. Not many left. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Johnny. Thank you very much. We didn't even get to talk about the Goldenrod Showboat and so many more. Well, we're going to continue with our program with Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer will tell you who he is, a person that you may know. He's had a lot of history in print. Uh, doing a podcast coming up and also on Channel 5 in St. Louis. This is At Your Service. I'm Johnny Rabbit. Jordan Palmer is, let's see, what what is that Modern Brewery shirt? Modern Brewery. What what is that? Uh, Modern Brewery just happens to be one of uh, over 60 breweries in the St. Louis area, and part of what I love to do in town uh, is write about beer and whiskey from a local perspective, and it just happens to be that I wear beer T-shirts every day to work, and uh, this was the one I picked today. This is a classic. If you could see it, this is the older older logo since they just opened uh-huh. their new location. But where are they? Where are they? Right I'm... now, they're they just opened up off off Oakland, uh, right next to the Science Center. They're brand new. Been there a few times. It's beautiful. A uh, great place to watch a football game. Uh, great place to grab a meal. The food is fantastic, and boy, uh, yeah, the beer is always tremendous. Well, what a tip! That's great. <laughs> you know, I've, Write I it down. drive by there all the time. I just drove by there yesterday. I didn't even see the place. I've got a, a modern brewery and modern food. Brewery. Good food. Good food. Yeah, they hmm. just opened a brand new tap room just this past uh, summer. They have bratwurst. You know that I couldn't tell, all but it's right. a rotating menu. Oh, okay. Uh, now, beer, let's, since we've started with beer, let's sure. talk just a bit before we get what you do day in, day out, and your Absolutely. regular job, I guess you It's my say. passion pro- yep. project. So uh, your your company, so to speak, or your site is what? 
Uh, Drink314.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Drink314 basically is a uh, is a website where I create content uh, to celebrate and to support the local drinking uh, community uh, in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I write about breweries. I write about distilleries. I try to write about the wineries. I don't know as much about it, but I write it from an every man's perspective. I'm not an expert on anything. I just happen to uh, love beer and love talking about it, and I can write, so I decided to write about it. Good. Did you talk to Chris Knopfsiger yet? I have not yet, but I will be reaching out because I did look him up after you sent me that, and he is, he's got more beer uh, knowledge than I think uh, I've... Uh, He's probably forgotten more things about St. Louis beer than I've written. But, yes, I'll be reaching out to him well, soon. I think the two of you would get along very well. I look forward to that. Who knows what that will develop into? Maybe Who knows? Something you're going to do, a podcast? Well, I've been working on uh, several ideas uh, regarding a podcast. Uh, Bruise Day Tuesday is a concept that I came up with a few years ago uh, where I wanted to uh, highlight a brewery and then talk to a brewer. Uh, we almost got it off the ground when my good friend Stephen Hale all of a sudden decided to move out of St. Louis. Stephen Hale was the ambassador brewer, I guess you call it, from Schlafly, and he was going to be my first guest. But uh, I, I, I've toyed with that idea, and then now I'm working on uh, another idea to kind of bring over the Jewish light where I'm at now, a podcast, uh, hopefully in the future, uh, with one of the funniest uh, young ladies in St. Louis, Amy Fenster-Brown, who writes for us and uh, has been a colleague of mine for, for many decades, going back through our travails at different uh, facilities here of media within the St. Louis area. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Maybe we'll try to get it off the ground. We're just in discussions. Right I like now. travails. It's a good way. <laughs> <laughs> We've well, worked lots of places. Uh, when we first met, I don't even know how many years ago that's been. Well, I can tell you, uh, yeah. it was 1995. Oh. Uh, I had just returned uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee to start at KSDK to start a new show which I am proud to say is still on the air. Yes, I uh, Show Me St. Louis uh, so many years ago. And uh, back then, uh, the show was hosted by John Pertzborn, Debbie Turner, mm-hmm. Wendy Bell, and Dan Buck. And uh, there was a cast of us behind the scenes uh, that that's where I kind of made my way of learning how to produce uh, television. Uh, and from there, uh, that's... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
where you and I first came together, if I remember correctly, we had you on regularly yes. uh, yeah. with Pertz, with John Pertzborn, right. in more of a historical, I think, uh, did we talk about history? Well, kind you... of history in a light way. And uh, Somebody just sent me a clip, and I'm not sure when, when it was from. Uh, this was with uh, Dan Buck, and okay. we were going up to the top of the cathedral. And yes. It, and it, it, it is a, a good piece from a historic standpoint yes. because we saw a lot of things underground and tunnels and behind the crypts and all that, and then went all the way to the top. And, of course, I didn't go all the way to the top. I wasn't <laughs> going up that stairway. No way. I so, did send <laughs> Dan Buck into some strange places. Yeah. I do recall uh, one time I did send him into the old arena before it got Ooh, imploded. Wow. Somehow I got us in, and uh, he went in with uh, with a cameraman and some security, and it was frightening. He said, "I mean, there were birds and live animals, you know, oh. living inside there." Uh, but I sent Dan in quite a few areas. I'm sure if he were here, he'd, he'd remember more than me. But back then, that show uh, really, I think, for the first time, especially for me who grew up in St. Louis, I got to see and learn things about our own hometown that. I, I didn't know existed. And mm-hmm. frankly, that was really the greatest part of what you came on is you were able to, you knew this stuff, and now we were retelling it for a television audience that maybe had never seen that. That's probably true. Uh, so it was a, yeah. it was revolution at, at, revolutionary a little bit in its in its time. Uh, but boy, it was, a, it was a great show. I'm uh, so proud that it's still on the air to this I day. am too. It's a long, really long-running show. That's great. Um, great to hear. I can't do that math because I'm, I'm married to a math teacher, but that's well over 20, 25 <laughs> oh, years, yeah. I'm guessing. And it's, uh, the show is different. It is it different. Yes. There's a different feel to it. There's a, but it it it's still the same name, and it's still about St. Louis. And that's, exactly. Um, uh, for uh, fans of Channel Five, you know about it. If you don't watch Channel Five, you should. And there's a newspaper you should read. And what what is that newspaper? Well, it's called the St. Louis Jewish Light, and it is been around, uh, depending on which uh, incarnation of it, between seventy five years and sixty years in our current form, but. It's one of the oldest uh, Jewish newspapers in the country, and I came uh, to it just about a year ago, uh, happenstance being what it was. I, I had a, a high school friend who was on the, the board and uh, knew that I was looking around and uh, started off really part-time, and I have never been happier. It is an incredible journey for me journalistically. Uh, but boy, uh, it has been uh, it's been an incredible year. I've been full time with them since uh, November of 21. Uh, and since then, we have had a lot of fun. We've seen some really incredible growth. And I will say, and I'm most proud about this, is uh, the Morning Light, which is our morning email, has yes. found an audience that is outside of St. Louis. But I continually get emails from non-Jewish readers and uh, they make it very clear why they are subscribing and paying attention to what we're putting out. And really, sadly, it's because of the recent spot of anti-Semitism. Uh, they are following uh, what, what's going on. They have found us to be a voice of that. Uh, so I'm really proud of that. But, yes, it's, it's, it's an incredible uh, small group of people who put out this newspaper now twice uh, in a month. And the, da- the Morning Light is sort of our daily paper. Uh, How many days a week? Five days a week, mm-hmm. uh, Monday through Friday. We did have a Sunday, uh, but as in anything, you you have to look at the labor you're putting out with the response you're getting. And although Sunday was doing fine, it was just uh, too much for me. So we, we cut it back to Monday through Friday, which seems to be working perfectly. So I was just looking and I made uh, some copies as best I could from the computer of what just was on, of I guess it was Friday. Okay. 
Friday, uh, don't start shopping until you check out Ellen's, Ellen Futterman. I, Ellen Futterman is the editor-in-chief. Uh, I've known Ellen uh, peripherally for years, and now I get a chance to work with her every day. And she's the most remarkable journalist I, I've ever worked she's with. She's great. She's fantastic. She really is. So every, I, unbeknownst to me, because I kind of came in late, uh, she's been doing a gift guide for years. Um, and so this year, that was, her, that was our lead story. Uh, don't start your shopping until you see what Ellen has for you. And we actually have part two of it coming up on tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that the, the, the email itself is a what I call a really light, balanced of content that is suitable for the morning. It's supposed to wake you up and pep you up a little mm-hmm. bit. It does. Um, and and the, the idea is to not overburden you with too much content, too many choices, uh, basically six or seven what I consider the best stories of that day. Every story has to kind of live up to its placement in the morning light sure. uh, they have to the story has to impress me and make me want to click on it uh and that's sort of what i my transition from television to digital has has basically given me that ability to hopefully figure that stuff out so how many people does it take to do this this is pretty complicated well the entire paper and the organization we have creating content really three or four of us uh, two full-time, uh, we have a gentleman by the name of Mike Sherwin who is not creating written content but is basically building the paper. We have our sales staff, which is three women and a, a freelance writer. So it's a small oh, it staff, small. Much smaller than but we are pumping out lots of really incredible content. Now, the Morning Light also has partners. We've created content partnerships, so we're bringing in Jewish content from national uh, Jewish websites like JTA or The Forward or other various mm-hmm. entities that I find. Uh, but digitally speaking, it is not all local. We try to keep it about two to three stories locally, and then the rest is what I would consider more international fare, which is uh, which is why I think it has a really nice balance. I see in the Friday edition I, a, a face that I'm familiar with as so your last item. The Friday, too. yes. Uh, I'm like, what? It's my picture. Look at there. The the bottom of the email has sort of taken on its its own little life. Uh, I I I've had some consultants who originally had told me that it would be okay if I you know. Put my name on it, you know. Sure. Put own this thing, and uh, I did. And I left a picture up there of me for a few months, and then I got tired of looking at my face, and mm-hmm. I decided to change it. And uh, then a couple people noticed that I changed it, and now I, I change it routinely. And now I've got uh, some franchises. Like on Wednesday, we do pets, uh, St. Louis mm-hmm. Jewish uh, readers pets. Um, on, we do a blast from the past where I find a photo from. The entire 75 years of the paper. And sometimes it's really kind of neat. We'll put up a picture, but I don't know who the people are. And we would spend a week trying to get people to tell us who is in that picture. So it, the bottom of the email is sort of taken on a happy, very yes, positive it, life. It does. Itself. Jordan Palmer is with us. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk more about what he is doing and, and what you can read. And find, how do you find the newspaper? How do you find the the morning light and more. I am Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service on KMOX. At your service, it's Johnny Rabbit and Jordan Palmer is here to tell us more about, well, first let's talk about the Jewish Light newspaper. Now, how do people get that newspaper? Uh, right now, the best, easiest way would be to visit uh, stljewishlight.org online. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the top of the website, you have options to subscribe to both the newspaper, the physical paper, which uh, a lot of people still enjoy receiving, uh, or you can subscribe to our emails. We have the morning light email, which does go out Monday through Friday, but we also have uh, several others, um, one focusing on family, one focusing on Israel itself, 
uh, the obituary section, which it remains very popular. Well, I bet. Uh, it, yeah. it has the email itself is one of the most I've never seen email read as much as that. Um, and so really, uh, there's lots of different options, uh, but that's really what it is. It's free. Uh, all of those those emails and that subscription are free. Uh, so please uh, log on to STL Jewish Light, L-I-G-H-T dot org, and you'll see a subscription tab at the top where you can subscribe to both the paper or the morning light. Love to have you. There was a beautiful article that was written about the passing of Dave Venn, jazz pianist, and Jeannie, uh, his widow, sent the uh, let us know that it was in the morning uh, light. And it was really a well done article. The, the, the thing I've noticed is that our audience is actually very socially aware. So I do see a lot of people sharing our stuff like that. Uh, and the Jewish Light, Ellen Futterman particularly, and Bill Machin, our freelance writer, are very in tuned uh, with the community around them, who's doing what. And that is really what I've been learning from them, uh, relearning sort of those old skills, the old journalism skills of finding those stories. But really, this is a community story. This is a community paper. And, and really... I, I liken us to not so much reporting the news of the day, but the people of our community. I, I, it shows in the in the yeah, light, the morning light. In in at my old uh, my old gigs uh, running digital websites, I may not have put first and last names of of folks inside the headlines, but at the Jewish Light, a lot of times that says it all. Like this person who is part of this community is in the news today. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, it is. I've I've challenged myself many times to create new ways of looking at uh, Jewish content and uh, finding our audience reacting in different ways. Uh, but it has just been a, it's been a blessing. I, I've never been happier in a, in a job in my life. Isn't that great? And you were happy at Channel 5 too. And... I w- I'm happy everywhere I went, but this has been a, uh, an incredible experience. I've learned a lot. I'm learning from a great team, uh, rediscovering my own Judaism mm-hmm. and it's in my way of being Jewish in, in St. Louis. And so uh, I will say that it has, it does, uh, the latest um, incidents of anti-Semitism all over the world have been enlightening to me in such a way that had I not been working for the Jewish side, I don't know how much I would be in the know. So it is a little frightening to overknow the kind of things that I see now with so many access to so much media. But uh, I think what the Jewish light then offers is is a really smart way of understanding what's going on out there. Now, somehow, somewhere along the line, back at Show Me St. Louis, there you started writing about beer. Was yeah. that how it started? Going back to the early days of Show Me St. Louis, there was a brewery that was opening uh, in the mid-90s um, called Sixth Row. And uh, a friend of mine from high school was an investor. And when he was telling me about it, I got very jealous that I <laughs> wanted very much to know about that. And really what ended up happening was uh, I, the more I looked at Schlafly and some of the early craft breweries, I, I, I kind of fell in love with them as artists mm-hmm. and uh, realized that there wasn't a lot being written about them. Uh, we had the RFT, we had the Post-Dispatch, and people were talking about beer. So I just took it upon myself to start a website and a blog and have been writing uh, close to seven years now. Probably over a thousand articles. Find this? Where is it Drink dot com. That's it. Then you can even see some of the evergreen. Everything's there. Ever. Yeah, everything's Gosh. there. Uh, I started. Uh, I'm on social media like that too, and trying to learn to be an influencer. They call us. Uh, and at the same time, I just started a new Drink Three One Four email, uh, and I send it out bi monthly now. Uh, mm-hmm. It is you know a side project, so I have to make sure I get my day job done first. Of course. Uh, but it is, I've got 300 subscribers and, and really, uh, I've heard nothing 
bad back. So I'm hoping that uh, people will find me. And I basically write about uh, the the beer. I write about the people who make it. I write about events. Uh, I write about distilleries. I write about, uh, again, the people who make it. And occasionally I actually break a big story. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I've gotten really great support from the breweries. Again, this is just a passion project. Sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, if, if I could retire and write about beer for the rest of my life, that would, that would be an easy Now, what about again, those podcasts that's coming up? Uh, th- again, it's just more of a theoretical podcast right now. Theoretical. Uh, the idea is that uh, that on Tuesdays, um, I would love to start a podcast where we're going to basically focus in on the week of events, but really the people. Uh, again, sort of like with the Jewish light, it's the people in the community that make all this great art, I consider, the beer and the spirits. Uh, so that's sort of the dream. I've just uh, worked, I shouldn't say I've worked on it. I was involved, and they asked me to be involved in a podcast, a pizza-based podcast about St. Louis pizza. And oddly enough, it's not for anything in St. Louis. It's for KCUR Public Radio in Kansas City. Hmm. And they have presented this big, long story about the history and where the first pizza was, which was in April of 1945, uh, Amadeo Fiore's Melrose Pizza at Sarah and West Pine. And it goes on and on. And if somebody wants to read it or see it, I actually haven't seen it yet. I've read it. Uh, you go to Hungry for Mo, M-O, capital M-O, Hungry for Mo. To find out about pizza. But uh, you also tie in the food, I guess, like you talked about the modern breweries food. I do. Uh, I am by no means a food writer or a foodie, but most of the breweries now are finding that food, having a food alternative, either for, via a food truck or having an in-kitchen or a kitchen built in, ha- is a smart business plan. So more and more breweries are opening up. In fact, one of my most popular stories I wrote uh, actually, f- was for St. Louis Magazine, which were 15 area breweries that serve great food. That now number has probably doubled since I wrote it. But yes, I do. Uh, I even write about stories where I my Friday night at a brewery, what I drink and what I ate. Um, and again, not really critiquing anything, mm-hmm. uh, but just telling you what the options are and hoping the reader will make their own decisions. Now, do you take photographs of things? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I don't pride yeah. myself on being a skilled photographer, but um, the, the photographs are there. I enjoy it. Um, Good, trying to get good shots of beer, and I'm learning, uh, learning how to light better, uh, learning how to take better stuff, better po- photographs. And sometimes I find that when I, I try to put myself in, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on the on the angle that I'm going for, uh, people do like to see people drinking and eating. It's oh, I think very so. interesting. It's true. There's uh, something I do want to mention. Uh, the, it's American Minute uh, is a website, AmericanMinute.com, by Bill Federer. From St. Louis, you may know Federer Place. His family is named for, for that, for his family. Uh, and there's an article recently, you go to AmericanMinute.com. It's about the creation of the modern state of Israel, about United States leaders who supported Fiddler uh, the, on the roof type subjects about uh, the problems in Eastern Europe and Russia and the persecution of the Jewish community, even going back to Lincoln. Uh, and going up to uh, Ronald Reagan, and he said the U.S. must ensure the survival of Israel. So that's Bill Federer's, um, uh, it is AmericanMinute.com, and I don't, th- it sounds like it should be a radio program, but I guess it's not. I'm going to check it out. You oh, just good. broke news to me. <laughs> well, great. Well, I'm afraid our time has just ended, <laughs> so thank you, Jordan. I had a blast. It was oh, great to see you again. Great. Thank you, Jordan Palmer. Johnny Rabbit, KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.